That includes all the people you don't like, especially them. All the people that got into office that you know are going to just be a ruination to your community, especially them. Especially those who are in authority, the Bible says. That we might live peaceful and quiet lives in all godliness. But we don't do that. And that's what's happening in DeLand. As a matter of fact, in, in the city of DeLand has, has become what I believe Mooresville can become for this state. Just in March... DeLand was nothing more than a city of 18,000 people who accomplished an awful lot through prayer and through pastors coming together in unity. And we held a sitter reacher school there. But prior to going down to that, Ed Silvoso was invited by the Assembly of God, Penn, Florida, District Council to come and speak in May to their group because they wanted to see the Assembly of God Church lifted up and get back into the, to the, their original moorings of reaching people for Christ. In the Penn, Florida District, one out of four Assembly of God churches has reached no one for Christ in the last year. Now, if they're not doing it, I've got to ask you who is. Well, the Southern Baptists, of course. We quit, we, quit, we quit preaching the Word. We quit loving people. So the Assembly of God superintendent said this, we would like you to come to Florida and help us reach Florida. 16 million people for Christ. And we're saying, we're in this little town called Mooresville. I mean, uh, DeLand, 18,000 people. How are we going to reach Florida? Then all of a sudden, Bill Hammond, the Bishop Bill Hammond of the Christian International, invited Ed to speak as well. And all of a sudden, doors began to open, and we said, you know, something's happening here. So Ed called Steve Douglas, who's now the president of Campus Crusade, succeeding Dr. Bill Bright. And he said, Steve, do you get a sense of something going on in Florida? He said, absolutely, Ed. Whatever you want to do, come on down. We'll get behind you. And so all of a sudden, November 18th, 19th, and 20th, there's a thing called Shine Florida that did not exist in March. And what it is is an opportunity for cities around the state to build a spiritual canopy of prayer over their city, in an effort to put a spiritual canopy of prayer over the state. On top of that, it's an opportunity for people to become lighthouses of prayer and pray for their neighbors, for their co-workers, for their high school and college students. I can't tell you how many people are coming on board. I just sat with a Greater Orlando Baptist Association Southern Baptist Superintendent last week. you know how many times you get to speak with a Greater Orlando Southern Baptist Superintendent? It's difficult. Not because he's a mean guy, it's just because he's so busy and so caught up in everything else that he's doing. But a door opened because I, I, I'm liking this Ephesians 2.10 thing, you know. seems like everywhere I go, doors are opening. And you know why? It's because I'm showing up. I couldn't meet him if I wasn't there, could I? But because we decided to move to Florida on a part-time temporary basis for the rest of the year, we're there where God can use us. I'm not bragging, believe me. I, I'm, just, I'm, I'm just learning this right now as I speak to you. <laughs> Some neat things are happening because we're, we're living out that Ephesians 2, 10 stuff. He said to me, I want to see Orlando reach. He's 71 years old before I die. I want to see it happen. But he knows now at 71, it's not going to happen just through the Southern Baptists. Those are the kind of doors that are opening up. And I believe those kind of doors are going to open up right here. So in Florida, we have already 30 communities who are just beginning who are very involved, who want to see Florida reach for Christ. So from this little town, 1999, 8,500 prayers, we think are just for DeLand, is for more than that. God said, I'm going to take that and just raise the ante and make it bigger than you ever dreamed. And I believe God is about using towns like Mooresville. But you see, you have to have a bigger thought pattern, a bigger mindset, not only about who God is, about who you are. Because God wants to use you, young and old, to do the things of God today. Because he's moving powerfully. 
I just passed up through South Carolina. Got an email. It's an email. It's the greatest thing in the world, apparently. I get all my messages there. The guy read Ed Solos' book, wanted to talk about it. Stopped in to meet him. Just my wife and I on Friday. Never met the man before, man before in my life, but we are brothers connected to the hip. We were separated at birth. All right? That's how close we are. We were separated at birth when we were Christians, not... And he moved to South Carolina because God called him there as a Baptist pastor, started his own ministry, not a church, his own ministry about prayer and revival. And God gave him a vision that he was going to reach into, into Columbia with a great fire, ignite Columbia, and go out through all South Carolina to reach the entire state for Christ. And he was the man he was going to use. And that man met six different people who never knew him from anything in the world. And when he walked into the room, they said, you're the man God has sent to bring revival to Columbia. That's what God's doing. Now, he was a Baptist, and he believes in this stuff. Now, that's not very Baptist of you, is it? He says, no, but it's just like God. <laughs> the man is sold out for Christ. Then we met another man that was brought over by a friend in North Carolina who's been ministering with pastors all over North Carolina. We met for the first time. He has a burden for North Carolina like this man Tom McRae has, for South Carolina. Do you see what God's doing? It's not just about Mooresville. It's not just about your church. It's not just about a few pastors coming together. It's about the whole world. And those who begin to participate will be in the place where they can be used to touch the whole world. Ed Savosa once told some pastors in Pittsburgh that I was with, he said, you know, if you want to see your city reach, you have to get a vision for your city and not just your church. You see, we're too stuck in our church because that's where we've been. It's not bad. We've got to be here. And we have to come together and worship and praise God and have accountability and all those things that, that the church provides. But he said, if you want to see your city reach, then you have to step away from your church and pastor the city. He said, I'll tell you what happens when you do that, pastors. He'll take care of your church. Now, maybe not before a tremendous change. <laughs> I've seen some things where the pastor would say, You're, this is the way you take care of church. Split right down the middle and off they go. But yes, because he brought in whole new people. We had the same vision. God is mixing it up. He's moving people from the pews to other churches, and that's not bad. He's moving pastors out of town, pastors into town. That's not bad. He's arranging, rearranging the people who I believe made a mistake when they decided to go somewhere to, to pastor or, or to church. And he's saying, well, I don't want you there. never wanted you there. I always wanted you over here. Now, come on, go with me over here, and I'm going to do a great work through you. That's the way we have to look at it, not as, oh, yeah, that guy was so bad they kicked him out of town. No, 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 not necessarily. God is moving his people and putting them in the place where he wants them. Now, the other thing is, if you look at your city and stop there, you haven't gone far enough because you have to say it's not just about Mooresville, it's about Iredell County. You can get your mind around that, and he'll take care of the city. And then you take it right onto the state and to the nation and to the world. That's how you get there. And so we've done it reverse. We've sent all of our missionaries to the ends of the earth. And they don't come back except to get money and go back out again. Right? That's the way it is. And God never said, send them to the ends of the earth and have them come back. He said, we're going to start right where the disciples did not want to start, where Jesus was crucified. Worst place to start, your hometown. Jesus knew that. God knew that. But that's where they began, and we must begin in our hometown, and then go to the ends of the earth. That's the key, I think, is existing here. Now, just a few other things here. There are five components to reaching a city for Christ. It's not just about pastors, as you know. It's about pastors, intercessors, youth, worship leaders, 
ethnicity. We must get the ethnic ranks together. Every ethnic group has something to add to the body of Christ that the others do not possess. And if we keep ignoring that fact, we're going to miss it. Now, I'm not saying every church has to have an equal number of blacks and Hispanics and Asians and whites, but the body of Christ in the city should reflect every ethnic group that exists here so we can have a full, complete body of Christ filled with all the gifts that God's given us. And the marketplace. And we've talked about the marketplace this weekend on September 7th and 8th. I'm coming back to do a marketplace seminar that Friday night and Saturday. I happen to believe that I know that all, all of these components are equal to what God wants to use them for. None is a superior to another. They're all important. Although I do also know that the pastors are the spiritual leaders over a city and over a community, and we must come under authority to the pastors just like we do in the church. That's just, that's just God. But I believe that the marketplace is the one who's going to kick things off faster than anything. Why? They have so much influence where they are, and they live where they are more than they do at home that this is where God's going to work. And so I believe the marketplace is going to be a place where God's going to kick things off, and we're going to see things happen that are tremendous. Now, also get this. A lot of people who sit in the pews don't like the directions of a church. Once directions change, people begin to say, well, it's no longer my church, and I'm going to have to leave. Well, maybe that's good, maybe that's bad, I don't know. But I'll tell you this. If we all get a city mindset, there's nowhere to go. There's nowhere to go. And if you do go to another church, they'll send you back. Because you didn't have permission to leave. And they won't receive you like we do now. I'm not saying, again, that you shouldn't, there won't be transfers going on. But there will be good transfers to build the kingdom of God, not because you're ticked off with the pastor and what the church's vision is. Because you see, the vision for every church in the city will be to reach the city and the county. Well, where do you go with that? You're stuck. You've got to get on the bandwagon or leave the county. I kind of like that, you see, because that's the body of Christ, and that's the things that are going to happen in our area. And so I, I just wanted you to know that, that, that things are just wonderful here. I don't know how much you can appreciate how much God is doing among this congregation and the body of Christ. You are one of a few of the churches in town that are what I would call the lead churches. Now, don't let that get out. Don't go tell them, we're the lead church. Don't do that. Okay, I'm saying you're the lead church because God has, has given the vision to a few pastors in town already, okay, about what's going on. And he's going to bring in other pastors and other churches as well in God's time. But right now, you and a few others are the lead churches. And when you're in the lead of something, you're the ones that have to sacrifice the most. See? Which means you have to consider others better than yourself. You have to consider their interests as much as you object to the way they're carrying on equal to your own. And if you can't do that, there'll be no unity. If we start arguing about things like worship and things like whatever else is beside Jesus Christ and Him crucified, we'll not get together. Now what that takes is for you to understand the compassion that God has for the saved and for the lost. Because we don't have that compassion. And you can't conjure it up, oh, I'm going to get compassion. Now, mean people are still mean people, and you'll still dislike them. They're just unlikable people out there. There's unlikable Christians. You ever met an unlikable Christian? <laughs> Sometimes I think I'm one when I leave a church. But that's another story. I, I just believe they're unlikable people. 
We didn't like our kids for a while. <laughs> did you like your kids all the time? Did you like what they did? No, we didn't. We loved them, though, unconditionally. You see, the fact that we didn't like them and could still love them is unconditional love. And that's what we have to be about. But you can't conjure it up. You have to ask God to give that to you so you can express it. Because you're here sitting here today because God loved you so much that he gave you mercy and grace and love to the point you came to his son. And that's what we have to do on his behalf to those who don't know Jesus. No matter what they're doing, mercy, mercy. No matter what they're doing, grace. No matter what they're doing, love. It works or you wouldn't be here. And I wouldn't be here. Nobody argued me into the kingdom. Nobody told me how bad I was. Just loved me and prayed for me. It works. Let's be about that. Let's change who we are and have compassion where God has compassion. Mercy where God has compassion. Mercy and grace where God shows grace. That's what the whole church is about. And if we can do that, we will see more as go one for Christ. I want to encourage you. If you're in town, write it down, September 7th in the evening and September 8th. Come to the seminar. I don't know where it's going to be right now. This is a model-building seminar. I'm going to be very frank with you. I don't have all the answers, but I know we have a beginning point. And I know if we work together, we can create a model of the marketplace ministry that can be used elsewhere. That's what God does. He creates models among his people, and then they're expanded elsewhere. And we need to get together and find out where we're called, how we're called, why we're called, and what we're called to, and how we're going to go about fulfilling our role in the marketplace. That's what we need to find out. I don't have all the answers. You're going to give me some answers. You're going to give me some real great thoughts at this, at this seminar. I'm fully convinced of that. So come and do yourself another favor. Invite a friend. And if you're, this is for men and women, by the way, so bring your spouses. So if you're a working woman and your husband's at home, aren't many of those these days yet, bring your husband. If you're a working man and your wife's not working, bring your wife. Because it's not just about those at work. It's about the family unit and how we end up doing the things we do. Because God gave me a word that I shared with a group a while back that said this, and I close with this. Uh, it's about marriage. Those of you who are married or thinking about getting married need to know that if you want to express unity at work, you better have it at home. Because if you don't have it at home, you don't know what it looks like. If you don't have it at home, you don't know what you had to give up to get unity because it's sacrificial to come into unity. It's not agreement. It's not inclusiveness. It's not like, okay, well, I can, we'll, go, we'll go do that. If you're not in unity, it won't last. If you haven't really struggled with it, it won't last. So we need to know that. And God said to me, this was about men, ladies. This is a word he gave me about businessmen. And that was that the businessman's ministry in the marketplace will only advance to the extent his marriage permits. And I'm afraid in this country we're getting so excited about the marketplace and ministry in the marketplace that we're sending them out with bad marriages. And we have proof of that. 54% of all Christian marriages end in divorce. What about the other 46%? Probably half of those aren't doing too well either. Well, how are we going to reach people for Christ if we can't even handle our marriage? God speaks about that somewhere in Scripture. You can't even become an elder. Okay? I'm sure glad I'm here. I'm sure glad God called me to Mooresville. Because I like you people an awful lot. I really do. I mean, this is a good place. 
and I'm glad just to be a part of it. So thank you very much for having my wife and I come, for caring for us when we're here. We appreciate you, and we love you very much, and we look forward to ministering with you to see this city and beyond reach for Christ. Amen? Amen. Okay, now we're going to close. What I want to do is, for those of you who would like the compassion that Jack was talking about, because that's really what it takes, and that's how the Lord worked, is through compassion to stand up. If you'd like, if you'd like the Lord to give you an impartation of compassion this morning, particularly for, for the lost people, okay? Because it's not always easy to love your lost neighbor. Uh, believe me. But the Lord wants to give you supernaturally something you do not have because it isn't. Jack's made a good point. It's not something we can drum up is loving our neighbors. That's something supernatural. But we can choose to have it if, 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 if you believe that God wants to give you that. A real compassion. I'm talking about your neighbors, wherever they may be. Sometimes they're right beside you, you know, where you live. And you have to see them all the time and see what they do that you don't like. And, uh, but still love them. And, and that is so important that God wants to give us that, give us the ability to have that. And uh, first of all, you need to recognize you don't have it. That's number one. I don't have compassion for my neighbor, Lord. In fact, I don't even like them. I'd like to smack them. <laughs> but, Lord, I believe you love that person. Now, I'm not going to be able to reach that person by condemning them and judging, but if you can somehow give me a heart of compassion for my neighbor, that person at work, person at school, that I can start praying for them and blessing them and talking to you about them. And then at some point, you'd give me an opportunity to talk to them and express the love of God to them. That's, that's sort of practically how it works. So if you really would like the Lord to just right now begin to impart his heart of compassion that he has for those people, those lost folks, um, let's just ask God just for that this morning. And we'll let God work on you about your compassion for your Christian brethren and stuff at other times. So, Father, I'm asking you this morning in our church as a, as a corporate holding and, and these individuals who really want to love the lost, Lord, that really have a desire, Lord Jesus, in their heart to really see evangelism happen, to see salvation, to see their city one, to see the people around them one, individuals one to Christ, but really don't seem to be able to overcome the hurdles, Lord, that's placed before us. Lord, I just ask you this morning that you would release real compassion from heaven, real Holy Spirit-inspired compassion, real fire from heaven about the lost around us, Lord. I ask you to give us that, Lord. Lord, not just to send somebody else off to do it, Lord, but that we would see ourselves, Lord, as your ambassadors as we go about our daily lives, Lord Jesus. And I just ask you for that compassion, that we'd be compassion motivated, we'd be mercy motivated, we'd be grace motivated, Lord, towards the lost in our, our neighborhoods and the schools and the business, the marketplace, Lord. Lord, I ask you to release that right now into this room. Amen, Lord. And we just want to receive it by faith, Lord. Just a new, fresh measure, Lord Jesus. And Lord, I also ask you for an anointing for evangelism, an anointing to speak the gospel, anointing to act the gospel, to live the gospel before the world out there, Lord Jesus, that we would be able to somehow communicate it to people where they could receive it and hear it, Lord Jesus. 
Lord, I ask you to give us that real anointing. Lord, just release the evangelists, Lord, this morning, those who have the gift of evangelism. Lord, release that. Lord, I stir them up, remind them of that calling, Lord. Lord, I also ask you to release into all of our hearts that we're to do the work of an evangelist. That's the good works you've called us to, to do the work, good works of an evangelist, Lord Jesus. Put that in our hearts in Jesus' name. And we thank you for it, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Amen. And the Lord really bless every person in this room. And the Lord uh, keep every person in this room. And the Lord let his face shine upon every person in this room, Lord. In your name we pray. Amen. And you can be dismissed.